Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Egg Chasers. And this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. The podcast that's here every single Monday morning with another fix of rugby. And this time, after a week of domestic rugby with international players, if you're English, back in club colours and the Pro 14 uh, getting on on its bike again as well as we build up towards the crescendo of the season. I'm Tim. JB is here. Hello, Timothy. I'm glad we're not streaming anywhere because those are incredibly (laughs) short shorts. Yeah, sales shorts. Very provocative pose you've got going on there, (laughs) JB. Don't see what the problem is. Phil, you all right? Very good, Tim. How's how's it going? Yeah, good, good. Right, so um, because Phil is very organised and has got an agenda on this podcast, we are going to cover off uh, all of the domestic rugby that's been going on we're going to we have a quiz that's been supplied by one of our wonderful listeners and that's that's you thank you very much for listening um we have um some news transfers uh, all the rugby stories that has been that have been going on over this last week and anything else all the weird and wonderful tangents we take as well just a reminder we're at rugby podcast on twitter we're egg chasers on facebook uh, you can find us on instagram uh, leave your reviews we're on acast itunes anywhere else you can find a podcast tell your mates and um yeah nice one for listening hmm. so Let's round off some of these stories that have been breaking over the last week. Now, I actually think, let's just have an update on the Spain situation, because as we left that on last week's podcast, we kind of said, do you know what? I imagine, unfortunately, this will be the last we ever hear of it. No. No. How wrong we were. Yeah, it kind of exploded. Uh, Are you able to summarise it, Phil? You're quite good at this. Your logic logic brain getting into into gear. Um, There's not actually that much to summarise yet. Yeah, I'll summarise it for, for you. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this is rampant corruption. Um, that referee should never have refed that game. It could have been avoided. The Romanian in charge of Rugby Europe did not avoid it. And I am absolutely certain, in fact, things have come to my attention this week, which I am not at liberty to disclose, that far more people know, know about this than are letting on, particularly on on the Romanian side. And I just hope that somebody out there with something to say and some evidence which might exist show, uh, comes forward soon. So it's very cryptic. So it is very so, cryptic. So some evidence that may or may not exist. No, right. So so here's here's like the... You know those... No, no, the, it does exist. You remember those let's, mm. let's study guides you used to get for your GCSE or A-level or whatever? As if, as if I got any GCSEs. I'll, I'll just do a quick one of those. So <laughs> Spain played Belgium to... And if they won, they would have got through to the... They would have qualified for the Rugby World Cup. 
uh, by losing, Spain let Romania in and they qualified for the Rugby World Cup. However, Spain were incensed at the refereeing performance of a Romanian referee who three weeks prior to the game they had asked not to referee because of the potential conflict of interest because he was Romanian. Uh, Spain were incensed by the performance of the referee with some reason. No, when, with lots of reason. Let's, yeah, let's, let's yeah, give them credit. Yeah. Um, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, so... It, it, Spain players reacted terribly at the final whistle, as we saw and talked about last I week. Th- right, can I just get onto the Spain players reacting terribly? I don't think that they did. Because if they get cheated out of this, and, you know, it's basically a lifetime's work to get into the World Cup, it, it might, it probably will not, never happen again. Listen to last week's podcast for a full, for a full discussion of that. Yeah, I, you know, I just don't like the fact that, oh yeah, they should have behaved differently. No, in well, fact, well, they, they it, should have thrown that referee into a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> it's two separate points. That, and what, yes. what, what, so what's happened this week is Spain have lodged a formal complaint to World Rugby and said on the basis of some of World Rugby's own regulations about ensuring impartiality uh, that the game should be replayed. They've also submitted, they said, 19 incidents in the game which they were very unhappy about in terms of the officiating. Didn't they have two disallowed tries? Um, they certainly had one where they well, they had one where the through. mall, yeah, the mall got pulled down over the line. There was no yellow card, no penalty try. Yeah, was, yeah. And they Amazing. also had where their eleven broke through. That's yeah. the one. Only for the ref to pull it back for a penalty to Spain. So yeah. that ad- is ad- unbelievable. <laughs> as if um, no one in front of you and an open run to the try line wasn't advantage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Romania's response was to say was not to say we refute the claims etc or um see you in court or or anything it was to say spain players are hooligans they shouldn't be allowed to go to a world cup yeah well they can do one because i know uh, you know they weren't acting within the spirit of how a rugby player should behave towards a referee but this referee doesn't deserve to be called a referee i mean if these things are true he doesn't deserve it. so it's kind of like the old outlaw thing you are outside of the law this guy is outside of the law and then the only other things which, are, which haven't come through official channels, so I, I, this is this could be hearsay. But the other things which have come to light is is one a video of the referee, the Romanian referee, at the under twenties World Championship, where or uh, an under twenties match where Spain beat Romania, and he's videoed on the sideline snarling and getting really really agitated at some of the referee decisions against Romania which is quite funny that some Spanish people found him in the crowd going mad at a ref anyway (laughs) and and the president of rugby Europe who is Romanian yeah uh, it appears from the Paradise Papers based on what some people have put online that he a little while back acquired the TV rights for the Rugby World Cup for Romania yeah, I'd love to know more details on on that because uh, that is a fascinating angle, if true. Well, yeah, if that's true, it's like a, a triple three-way conflict of interest for him in his role. I've never thought of that. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. If, I mean, I've, if, yeah. I, I've not seen that on any major outlets. But put it this way, I suspect there will be some more, <coughs> some more evidence coming out sooner or than later. World might. Rugby have said they want an explanation of the... Uh, circumstances by which it happened and we haven't heard anything more yeah so we who knows it could come any day now but yeah watch that one we just just thought an update would be good there <laughs> there will be some there will definitely be some more news on it it will be interesting to see what world rugby do because while as we spoke about last week the uh rugby europe championship is not a world rugby tournament that match had consequences for the qualification of the world cup which is a world rugby tournament 
So World Rugby do have jurisdiction over that. They they are they have nothing to do with the incident that occurred, but they can uh, officiate over it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, there's been some transfers. Will Chudley? I mean, that's a ru- rumor that's been bubbling most of the season. Confirmed, he's on his way from Exeter to Bath. This is odd. Bath have got a lot of scrum halves now. They've, yeah, they've got three. Uh, Chris Cook, Carl Fotterley and, and Will Chudley. Chudders, as well as the young Will Homer. Homer. Yeah. He's but, gone. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would definitely have Cook. Sorry, I would definitely have Chudley over Cook. Um, Fotterley is exceptional, I think. Mm-hmm. He, he's getting on, though. I think he's about mm. 35. 30, he's 35, 36, yeah. Yeah. He so, is very good, though. I mean, he seems yeah. to get better with age. Yeah. yeah. He, he's still very good, and he's still strong and quick for a scrum half at that age. Yeah. Uh, Todd Blackadder completely refuted the rumour of Lee Halfpenny going to Bath. Did he? Which came up, yeah. Interesting. Mm. He said that that is that will not happen. That is not happening. I don't know where the rumour came from. It, it doesn't seem like it would be a sensible way to spend... Uh, Salary allocation. Do you think Bath really care about sensible ways to spend? <laughs> uh, good point. Unless yeah, yeah. we list. <laughs> Steve Diamond came out, and when I asked, I asked Steve Diamond about Marlon Yard, and he completely, uh, he completely refused that as well. So we just yeah. got him on a bad day. That's all. <laughs> uh, Don Barrow to Northampton was confirmed. He's gone to La Rochelle first as a, as I've a heard medical all sorts joker. Of weird things about this. Well, it was it, it's Don Barrow. It appears that hasn't been happy for a while. It, yeah. it appears he's been forced out of the club. That's what it appears to me. I mean, it seems like some some things were said and Leicester have tried to engineer this move for the best part of three months. Wow. Fascinating if true. Fascinating if true, but that's yeah. exactly how I see it. He, he hasn't kicked on at Leicester in the way it appeared he would. I remember him playing in a European match. I think it was against Glasgow. No, I don't know. Anyway, it was in some European match a couple of seasons ago and he, and he was a... Uh, Imperious man of the match, and that was in his mm. first season, I think. And he's, he's. I, I was thinking then he's going to kick on. I think he will. I mean, whether he will at Northampton, I don't know. Northampton are a real mess, but uh, yeah, I think he's a very good player. Well, La Rochelle is a good place to go and get some experience. It is. How many and games have they got left? Like six games, I think. I, don't uh, know. I think it's four regular season games. I read t- today. Can he, he can't. He, he, tight, he won't surely. be able to go in their European Cup, obviously, because he's played in that competition for Leicester. I, the honest answer is I don't know, I don't if, know if, he has if there played. are cu- well no I don't know if there are cup ties I also don't know if he's played because he's not played in the league since like October a long long time yeah so he, he, he might not be cup tied there might not actually be cup ties because this is such a rare thing in rugby well they might reset after the knockout yeah who knows I just don't know interesting question and another big story this week uh, director of rugby Nick Kennedy gone from London Irish real shame Declan Kidney Let's kiss in. Interesting combination of the team yeah. to get there. Uh, it it seems a shame for Nick Kennedy because mm. it's a, every, everyone has been talking about how much he loves the club and how involved he's been in the club yeah. for such a long period of time. Yeah. I can't help thinking that he's he's only thirty five. Exactly. He's, is that all he is? Yeah. yeah. He's got. He's already got quite a good CV. I mean, we bumped into him in yeah. twenty fourteen yeah. when he was coaching. Uh, USA against the All Blacks, and I th- I think it can't be a bad thing for him to go far afield and get some different experience. Yeah, it, it feels like it was a too an appointment too soon. An appointment too soon. Yeah, and I think I think he was quite he was smart enough to identify that because one of the first things he did when he came in was get Brendan Venter 
to, to sort of mentor him, but how much Brendan Venter's actually been around because he's pulled in all kinds of directions. Yeah. I mean, that looked on the face of it a really good move, but how, I don't know whether how much he's actually had of Brendan Venter. Well, I, you know, I think it was too soon. Having said that, you know, as we all can pretty much see that and we all sort of agree that that's the case, just wait it out. I mean, you're going down anyway. Yeah, you know, well, no, that's that's my thought on, yeah. the, on the Nick Kennedy situation. And, is if you sign a really young DOR who you know is inexperienced, then you're you're making that commitment to go. We're not just going to yeah. demand that you hit the ground running. And this is a. What do you think of Les Kiss, Phil? Uh, if you'd asked me that a couple of seasons ago, <coughs> I would have told you upcoming coach um, likes to play the right way, mm-hmm. ambitious. Right now, I don't think very much to be honest. The the last two seasons have been enormously underwhelming, considering the potential attacking talents that he's got at his disposal. Yeah, and Kidney's only a consultant, isn't he? So they'll be looking for a new director of rugby. <sighs> yeah, it, it seems. I wonder if they. I wonder if they're interested in appointing an ex Irish second row again, who might be doing a head coach role somewhere else. That'd be mm. nice. <laughs> <laughs> no Irish. They aren't officially down yet. No, and had they not shat the bed again? Yeah. Jeez. So they went the last couple of games. They were seventeen nil up. Yeah, there you go. Amazing. Uh, And threw it all away. They are now they're ten points off Worcester. Yeah, who have all of a sudden just tanked. They had Worcester. Looking back through their fixtures, they've been hammered three consecutive league league fixtures. Prior to that was their two good wins against yeah. Gloucester and Exeter. It's almost like they thought, oh, that's it, job done. Yeah. We're on the beach now. But it, it, that's exactly what it reads like. When you're looking back, they got those two wins. They thought, oh, we're safe. 27 points. And then they've just done nothing. Nothing at all. So <laughs> London Irish, it's still not over yet. You would have wanted them to get, on their special St. Patrick's Day mm. home game against Gloucester, you would have wanted them to get more, especially when they're 17. Tell you what's interesting, because like you say, that's a well-attended game. Can you have a look at what the attendance was for that? Uh, I can try and find Because that will be a good guide as to... Because they normally do very well and get over 20,000 for their Paddy's Day game. But just from some of the pictures I've seen, it it didn't look like that. Yeah. Again, what what you read is the attendance and what is the attendance, you never quite know. 15,000. Okay. More than 15,000 is the listed... Uh, right, but the picture, the picture that they've shown for that look makes it look like it's pretty full, but <laughs> you've seen a tiny chunk of the crowd. Mm. So. All right, well, well, we'll get into that game a little bit as well as some of the other games. Um, one really important question though: who did it best? Two <laughs> exceptional try celebrations at the weekend in two big special occasion games. One in the London Stadium where Maruitoji after a, a fine solo try, fell asleep uh, in the try area. <laughs> so had a little rest. <laughs> and Nicky Gonover in the black and white stripes uh, for Newcastle Falcons this weekend uh, pulled an Alan Shearer as he, as he <laughs> wheeled away celebrating his try. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit fawning, wasn't it, by Newcastle Falcons. But I kind of loved it. I kind of loved oh. everything about it, to be fair. I wanted to hate it. I loved no, it. I really wanted to, but I just couldn't. I, I, I really loved both the occasions. I loved the spectacle of um, the Newcastle so, game. Fair play, Falcons. I really thought it was going to be like 20,000 and they'll you know, seal off the upper tiers. No, they did a bloody good job. <laughs> Great job, yeah. And I loved that kit as yeah. well. And I did 
Gonover's try celebration was brilliant. The Shearer into the corner. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing is as well, um, they must all be Newcastle fans because I, I don't think you could pay someone to, co- to go and watch Northampton at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the only disappointing thing from <laughs> Newcastle's perspective. They didn't play the rugby that they've been playing all season. No, they didn't. They, was, they started. There was a few glimpses, yeah, but against what was a pretty poor one of the Northampton worst, team. Yeah, one of the worst-looking team selections I have seen all season from Northampton. Yeah. And I just read it, I was like, oh my word, they're going to try and beat Newcastle in St. James's Park with this. <laughs> and to be fair to them, they really manned up. And at times, Newcastle just looked soft. Mm. Yeah. Three tries to one. I mean, you could say that they were pretty lucky to win it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and had a couple of decisions right at the end gone slightly differently, mm. Northampton could have been in a, a better position. George North seemed to come come alive a little bit more than normal. There's there's a few. There's a lot of average players or average performances from the Northampton team. There's a few good ones. I thought Myler played well. Yeah, considering it's his first or second Premiership. Start. He's going to be valuable to somebody. I just don't know who. Yeah, the experienced old head. Yeah. He's not he's not retiring. Nope. but he is leaving Northampton. Yeah, I don't know who's going to pick him up. I, I, there's no one who automatically seems to seems logical at the moment. Maybe, maybe Worcester. They've uh, got they've got uh, what's his face coming back? John Lance. John Lance coming. He's pretty back. good. Who who coincided with them playing some of their best rugby? Yeah. Is, uh, although he can't kick, can't kick sticks. He can do just about everything else. Yeah, I, I don't know where he'd end up, but I think he's very valuable for someone. As that second, third choice. Wow. Yeah, well, well, you know, the thing is about Myler is everyone says, oh, he plays too deep. I mean, I've seen him play deep. I've seen him play shallow. I've seen him be exciting. I've seen him do all sorts. It, he will he'll do whatever you want him to do. He's, he's not going to be anyone's number one, but oh, I think he, he could, could be, be a really useful number number two yeah. slash three. That's how I see him now. Um, unless he goes to France and you'd put him behind a monster pack and tell him to... God, he'd be great at that. He, he, yeah, he could do that. He could do that for another five years. Yeah. Sit uh, behind an enormous pack and kick everything. I've got to say, I think France is his most likely destination. I can't, mm. I can't really think of it, who's a natural fit for him in, in the in the Premiership. It's it's the number two role that he'd be going to do. That's the only. That's why I think mm. Worcester do need a number two. Because the number two, you got kind of Shilcock, you got the Oliver, uh, mm. you got Mills. Mm. None See, of them are really. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, what Northampton got bigger, I guess. Yeah, yeah, bigger Piers Francis. No thanks, Malinder. Malinder, I don't think he's going to play much more ten ever again. I think he's going to be moved fifteen and stay there. Yeah, that's that's my that's, that's my thought process. But who did it best? Going on from the oh yeah, the yeah, Newcastle Marotoji. Mar- Mar- do, do you reckon these? I mean, obviously the Newcastle one, you can understand that probably it's like that. Sinotti, Sinotti, and Gone have got together, or one of the one of the local lads at Newcastle went right when one of you two scores because one of you will. You've got to do this. Yeah, I do. Do you think like... Itoji thought about that? And do you reckon he would have done it in training? That's a very good or point. Or mentioned it in the with coffee with the boys earlier in the week. Have, I think he would have joked about it at yeah. coffee with the boys, and they would have said, "Yeah, if you score a try, you've got to do it." And yeah, said, jokingly no because prob- it's not going to no happen. Problem. I never score tries. I wonder if it was <clears> for <throat> all the England players that was teed up for. I wonder, like the England WhatsApp group. Yeah, so it's um, it's quite cool that Nicky Golliver did it. Because I'm pretty sure he didn't grow up idolising Alan Shearer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so someone must have told him what to do and like, here are some, here are some videos. Maybe, maybe he did. They probably showed Premiership football in Fiji. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, like I'd understand it if bloody I don't know, Evan Olmstead or whatever his name is, or, <laughs> you know, one of the local lads <laughs> pulls it off. But uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really cool. So actually, who did it best? I'm going to say Nikki. I'm going to say Gonover. Gonover. I'm also going to say Gonover because so Mario Todrick is kind of confusing me. So he's the one who's received most heat in both directions yeah. about the the rest in the players. So. He, He's been criticised by Sir Clive Woodward, amongst others, for looking sluggish and tired and fatigued mentally and physically. Mark McCall has defended him and said it's nonsense. Now, by him mocking the tired uh, aspects of it, he's almost saying that... Well, no, he is saying that his underwhelming performances are down to something else, which is either he's on a bad run of form... Or perhaps he's not as good as we first thought he was anyway. Well, Mark McCall also defended his performances and said, I think he was pretty decent against Ireland and I thought he was excellent against France. Hmm. Hmm. I thought he was particularly good against France. Yeah, Re- I thought he was good against line out. He was. His line-out has been good the whole time, actually. But it's he for much of the Six Nations, or for, in fact, for all of the Six Nations, he wasn't hitting or carrying. That, that try he scored... He, I've not seen him carry like no. that probably since the Lions. No, you're right. And that, that's obviously he is a targeted man because yeah. he's he is at 23 one of the best players in the world or considered to be one of the best players in the world. So, um, yeah, there is an element. Everyone's going to be tired if Eddie Jones makes you run around the field all, uh, all, all day long and beasts you. I mean, you are. You know, so it, it doesn't surprise me that he, he looked as good as he did on, yeah, on the weekend and Tom McCall doesn't see it, see it as a problem. Yeah, there was some people have sort of um, come out. There was there was quite a few people saying, this tiredness stuff that England fans are talking about is absolute nonsense. Um, and I don't, th- I don't think it's nonsense at all. Uh, but maybe the actual... Well, I mean, Carl, Carl Ferns um, was tweeting and I sort of... And he inst- he inspired me to go and do a little bit of digging on some numbers. And last year, for example, there were about eight or nine Irish internationals who played against England who last season started five or six Pro 14 games in the whole season. Yeah. Wow. Versus uh, England players who were generally between 12 and 14. Yeah, so... You know, games. That's a lot of weekends off. Yeah. It is a lot of weekends off, but it doesn't strike but, me as if that's going to be particularly beneficial. So... You know, this is a very fashionable debate to have now. Like all the England, the England players are tired, etc. Et they are in the short term, in the same way that I would be tired if you, you know, kept me up for forty hours. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So yes, the weekends off will have an effect, but actually, you can see this week. Uh, Mark McCall said after the Saracens game, he's given. People were asking about Mario Itoji because he'd had such a good game. He said he gave Mario Itoji a particularly light training week. Exactly. So he just said, right, you're playing, and as it turned out, eighty minutes on Saturday. Playing 80 minutes on Saturday, just chill out yeah. this week. And, and to be fair to Mark McCall, that's exactly what you should be doing. I don't want a 23-year-old millionaire out of out of my sight for any period of time, really. <laughs> Particularly not if he's a professional <laughs> sportsman. He can come to the training, he can do light 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 duties, and then he can play. But you get but you get the impression that um, Eddie Jones may have worked his England players, um, he might have to worked, say the least, yeah. a lot, lot harder Almost in between like, games. Did anyone mention this before the... Before the Six Nations, <laughs> someone mentioned it during the Six Nations. I'm sure someone someone did anyway. Um, and it's you know it's not just the physical; it's the mental too. And it's not that they have to go to the Saracens with all their mates and 
you know, do Saracen stuff. It's, uh, you know, Eddie Jones puts them under a lot of pressure. So, yeah, they're both right and, and they're wrong. They're right that the England players will look tired because Eddie Jones battered them. They're wrong that it's going to affect the club game. And actually, as for the clubs, I, I do see what the argument is, but actually what happens to practice makes perfect and what happens to you know, honing your skills. And the only way you can do that really is in high-intensity games. Uh, yeah, by contrast, Saracens, everyone they could get fit and available um, with Owen Farrell, George Cruz and uh, Billy Vinopolo obviously sidelined. But everyone they could get involved in the matchday squad, they got in ma- involved in the matchday squad. Compare that to Leinster, their opponents next week. Well, the direct comparison, James Ryan, I don't know where he was, sitting on a beach somewhere. Um yeah, in a cryotherapy chamber. I, I don't well, know. A beach, a it cryotherapy w- chamber on a beach. Well, doing both <laughs> heat, hot and cold therapy. Wow. There you go. We, he wasn't on a rugby field, that's for sure. Most yeah. most of the Irish lads I've seen work. There was a load of them in Dubai, doing a bit of kind of warm weather training and also just doing nothing, just sitting on a beach and having a few beers, having a few brunches. <laughs> yeah. That's a life, isn't it? Too right. Yeah. Uh, the game, uh, Mario Toji was ac- was excellent. The game was not the spectacle <laughs> we hoped it would be in front of 55,000 people. Did you work this one? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Mm. I mean, so, it was impressive to get that many people there. Uh, atmosphere good? No. No. <laughs> it didn't look it on the TV. No, when, it wasn't. When they were playing uh, Keenan, the 2010 World Cup song, Raise Your Flag... And everyone's waving their flags. It looked awful. What What was this? <laughs> what was it 2010? The South Africa World Cup. The Football World Cup, that yeah. is. There was a song called Raise Your Flag. Don't remember this. Uh, I'm not going to get it up. No. It's an awful song. Is it? I think it's the first time I've heard it since about 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Canaan, playing... you saying? I, th- I think it was Canaan. Raise your flag. Let's have a look. Raise Let's... your flag. Man with a mission. Man with a mission. Is that it? World Cup 2010. World Cup. Song. Come on, Jay. Keenan. Yeah. Is that the one? This is Raise Your Flag, Man with a Mission. This is not it. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> that's definitely not <laughs> it. That is not it. Uh, World Cup song 2010, Wave Your Flag. Keenan. K apostrophe N A N. N double A N. Ah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, here we go. Right, ready? Yeah. Coca-Cola celebration mix. Mm. Um, we've got to go through an advert first because, of course... Do you think that K-Nan is like um, like a cool way of saying, yeah, whatever, Nan? Like, K-Nan. <laughs> K-Nan. 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 <laughs> right, let's see if I remember... Uh, it, it, is this it, Phil? Yes. Oh, <laughs> you might as well get Pitbull on this. It's that bad. So I'm just finishing having my my data stolen by YouTube, and I'll be back uh, right right back with you. Oh, so uh, well, I do have this. I actually don't have that many bad memories of it. Oh, I, I remember Vuvu Zellers. God, Vuvu Zellers. Why did you have to bring that up? I'd, I'd, I'd blotted that out of my consciousness. I, I, I'm going to be. I'm embarrassed to say this. I actually quite, quite, quite like that song. The, the song's actually quite catchy. Yeah, but I've got, last, week, last week playing Bruno Mars, JB, of your own accord. <laughs> this week liking K- Why was Kanan. I playing Bruno Mars again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Celebrating downfall. So the, oh, yeah. the song's quite catchy. Having to play that halfway through the game to get people. To, to try and oh, force. During the game. Yeah, to try and force. Oh. For some atmosphere out of the crowd because the rugby was so dreadful, and the rugby was so dreadful because 
There were about 792 scrum resets. <laughs> Perfect. Like, uh, Sorry, it, so what's the downside to it? What are we saying? There's the... <laughs> There, well, there was there was only about two completed scrums in the entire game. Uh, now, if I know what would have happened if Wayne Barnes had been referee in that game, at one point he would have got so fed up he just said, "I don't know who's doing it. You're both doing it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, two of you, one from you, one from Saracens, and three from Quinns, get off yellow card. Go and sort it out. Just yeah. get some more people on. And there was, they just it needed something like that to happen. It was, it was. So frustrating to watch. Well, with like these, with these occasional or non-rugby fans in yeah, thousands. That's the worst part. Yeah, that is the worst part. Yeah. Do, do you know what they should have done? Right, serious now, because I know it's the London game and they need two London, London clubs, but they don't play good, good, good rugby. The team they should have had down there. Sail Sharks. <laughs> you are, well, Quinn, Quinn's played some really good stuff when it loosened up. They do. They're exciting when they yeah, when the game opens up. But and that try, the first try by Saracens was brilliant. It was. Oh, and did you see the Marcus Smith bit of skill? Oh yeah. No, I didn't. The dummy that, that sent oh, yeah. both Alex Good and Liam Williams Good completely got bought it, didn't he? Yeah. It was brilliant. But the two international fullbacks both sold down the river. He Amazing. breaks around the outside. Tell you what, he is going to be, and I think I'll put it, put it on my board, if he does, isn't starting for England come the World Cup, I'll be amazed. He is so talented. The greatest player of a generation uh, and the number 10 at the, the Rugby World Cup 19. You, I mean, you the, the greatest player of a generation, we might have to look, wait a little longer to find out if he actually is the greatest player of a generation because uh, apparently Cam Redpath is going to be. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's, in, he's in with a shot. He's just amazing. Now, Tim, the kit for the Newcastle Falcons game yeah. was the vertical black and white stripes, yeah. the Newcastle United. The Saracens kit was blue, a lovely blue. Royal blue. Which I'm told was in solidarity with Zuckerberg. It's Facebook blue no. after the uh, Cambridge Analytica scandal. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's absolutely true. No, it's what? the it's, it's the Allianz colour, isn't it? <laughs> they, 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 did this in, they, they had a blue kit in New York. When they were there, when when we went to see them, did they wear blue in Philadelphia? No, I think they were in grey. No, white, white, their white, white grey kit. Yeah, 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 the white one. But um, I think they were in blue in in uh, or maybe they were in white actually in New York. Anyway, they were in blue, but it's the same. It's exactly the same blue as the Allianz, uh, and Facebook, and Facebook indeed. So yeah, maybe you might have a point yeah. there. Well, you might have a point. It's a lovely blue. Well, they do like their number crunching and data, don't they? Is that exactly. <laughs> Saracens have sent you a quiz, Joe Marler. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that. Oh wow, yeah. What what things really wind you up? <laughs> <laughs> this and this and this. Now, what... now, Jamie, when you're in a scrum, mention Frey Bentos pies exactly, and how the the crust is too soggy. Men, men, <laughs> that men... really winds Joe Marler up. So apparently his nickname is is Fish, which he doesn't like because of his koi, because of his uh, koi carp on his arm. Is that right? Yeah. Really? So that, that, that Zangief hasn't from uh, Street Fighter. That's not caught on. Mm. Um, so yeah, just going back to this game, we were talking last week about resting players, and you know, none of them got rested. And no. I guess it is because this game is so big, and that's why they're in the Alliance colours and all the rest of it. You couldn't have, you know, I'm just trying to think. Um, a bunch of like a bunch of backups wearing Alliance kits and playing in front of how many thousand people? Yeah, uh, what it comes down to. Yeah, I same, guess so. Same with Quinns as well. 
Yeah. Rob, Rob, Rob Shaw. Shaw that was brutal. Yeah. Um, Slapman said absolutely savage to put Rob Shaw, who's been through the mill and works tirelessly and so hard for the Six Nations, straight back in. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, he does get a week off next week, which the Saracens boys don't. Yes. <coughs> Very true. <clears throat> And uh, Rob Shaw was a was a absolute hero again. The engine on that man is just incredible. Yeah. He he's in a really good vein of form. So the um, anyway, big game in London wasn't much fun. Come on, boys, did you watch the Sale game? Because that was a lot of fun. I've seen the highlights. Wow, um, they they played some lovely stuff. I tell yeah. you, really really nice stuff. Yeah. Top so f- six is within their sights. Oh say. yeah, for sure, absolutely. 100%. Maybe even top four. Yeah, potentially. In fact, I think we should. I think we should try and number crunch the top four a little bit, or just have a look because we've got a little bit of a break now. But let's just don't, don't take too long because we'll get into this when the Premiership resumes. But it's so finely balanced. And what's interesting when I was looking at the the fixtures is how many of those fourth place contenders, well, third and fourth place contenders, they all play each other. Last game of the season, it is, um, is it Sale Leicester? Yes, uh, yeah, there is a Sale Leicester game. There's, yeah. there's, there's sale, play, sale play Newcastle. Yep. Uh, Leicester play... Um, Leicester play... They've also got Exeter away. Leicester play... Leicester play Bath. Bath, yeah, Newcastle. that's it, next time. They play Bath and Newcastle, that's right. Yeah, they also play Northampton, which yeah. is of, of less importance. But there's a lot of teams that, are, that not everyone can score points on a weekend. It's going to... Yeah. It's going to go down to the wire. And now, with the result, that happened between Leicester and Wasps. Wasps are drawn into, like, this team. all of those teams could finish third. Yeah, Newcastle are one point off Wasps. Newcastle are only three points off Saracens. Yeah, incredible story, that. It's Exeter are clear at the top on 65. They're eight points ahead of Saracens on 57. Wasps on 55. Newcastle 54. Then you've got Leicester and Gloucester, both on 51. And Sale... 48, and then Bath 46 in 8th place. So Bath can still make the top 4, but then it's a 10-point a drop-off to Quinns, Northampton, Worcester, and lowly London Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? I think Sale are best placed to do it simply because of who they play. So they... So Sale's fixtures, they host Wasps. Yep. Uh, they then travel to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. They then... Uh, where are we? Oh, to Newcastle. Have they got a game that weekend? Well, well, so, yeah, there we are. Then uh, they travel to Exeter. That's the loss. And then they host Leicester, That's which which will probably be a decider for the top four. Yeah, that game looks huge. Yeah. yeah. Leicester, what, who have Leicester got the week before? They have Gloucester at some point, don't they? They have Newcastle the week Newcastle before. Newcastle the week before. Yeah, Northampton. So, the, so Leicester, Newcastle. If Leicester beat Newcastle and Sale, then... They'll. I mean, it's like death taxes and Leicester in the top, top four. Yeah, isn't it just. And isn't it just. So, in Leicester's favour, they are timing it right, and they've been grinding out wins and getting some good performances against them. Losing Manu and Johnny May. Yeah. Uh, Do we know how serious those injuries are? Manu was holding his pectoral, which is suggests seriousness. Which he's injured before as well. Mm. Oh, which was a long-standing injury, eighteen months or two years ago, I think. I'm talking about ages to come back from that one. He did. Uh, it was I think really Johnny May will be all right, but he looked bad when he went when he went out. He was absolutely starched. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tell you what, sale sale wasps next week is game of the week. Two because, weeks. Two weeks. Oh yeah, of course, because they've got a, a, yeah. a European Cup. Let's have a, let's have an egg chasers uh, trip out to the AJ Bell. I'm working that one. Yeah, I'll be there. 
So Friday night. Yeah, Friday the 6th. That will be a points fest. Yeah. Absolute points oh, fest. Oh, yeah. And we went to the one last year as uh, well where Denny got his first half hat trick. That's right. His first first half hat trick. He's now, yeah. The <laughs> sale, I think, have scored the, behind Exeter, or is it, or, but no, behind Wasps, the second most try bonus points. Yep. Mm. Uh, so they they are playing some lovely rugby going forward. It has it, it does have to be said. We and, talk and, about them more. And at home. <laughs> and at home, it's, um yeah, very good. Well, I just, no, yeah. Tim and I have received some criticism this week on Twitter for talking just too much about the best team with ball in hand in the league. Hard, to argue, hard, to, hard to argue it. So, Jay, you need to drag us off subject because yeah. you know what me and Tim are like. We can yeah. just go on about this all day, <laughs> every day. Let's move on, eh? Let's move on. <laughs> uh, they, did, they scored some brilliant tries. The, the Faf try was probably my pick of them. Faf is incredible. Uh, Faf is incredible. And how, how good is it... Uh, and how bad is the timing that Mike Haley is look is looking like he's back to his best? Yeah, after a really poor start to the season. Well, I guess you know I'm just making an argument. I, you know, I'm just making this up. I guess, but like, there's quite a lot of pressure on him to to resign. You know, chances like uh, Munster don't come often. It must be just a huge relief to be able to play and, and have a bit of certainty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. But Fafter Clerk, AJ McGinty, um, who's the uh, just thinking of their back, back line, and you when you've got a back line that includes uh, Fafter Clerk, AJ McGinty, Denny Solomona, Marlon Yard, or Byron McGuigan. Yeah, yeah, um, but probably probably Byron McGuigan as a fullback next time. But James O'Connor as well. It, yeah, you know, in, well, in the James wings, is the guy that people don't really recognise as a very very talented player. They've got his little brother Luke James coming through. Yeah, great. yeah, and Cam Redpath is apparently one of the yeah. best youngsters that they've seen for a long time. Yeah, so they're a centre away from having. A pretty incredible backline. Yamsi von Rensburg, mate, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know Gloucester want him as well. Everyone wants him. It's going to be a bit amazing. of a. It's going to be a bit of a, um, a fight to get hold of his signature. So whoever manages it, I think so. there'll be a few French clubs wanting him as well. I think so. It'll be very wise to stick with Luke James, uh, Camrad Path, and Jennings, and just see where they go. And if they want to uh, reinforce somewhere else with some with the young guy, absolutely fine. But they're they're in good shape. At yeah. ho- and at home, a match for anybody. Correct. Oh, yeah. Definitely. How many people are turning out to the AJ Bell? I'm not sure. It's getting busier. I mean, that's is for it? sure. I think, I think the Diamond Lane is, has, has, <laughs> uh, is starting to make an impact. Next year, they get the tram. It's on. It's absolutely on. No, the tram doesn't go all the way yet. That's, is, no, no, it's next year, isn't it? Or I don't think, no, I don't believe the contract signed right. for, the, for that element of the, your, the I, I will defer to your knowledge when it comes right, to I wanna, infrastructure I want to I want to get this on tape right I want I want to have a, a moral a, a very brief moral conversation okay so we love fantasy rugby draft right <laughs> the, the three of us love it we, we're in a league there's 10 people so there's us and seven others and we're in a fantasy rugby draft league and if you if you haven't got involved you should get involved it's brilliant it's way better than the normal fantasy rugby model where everyone can have the player that, or everyone would have Toulouse Vianu in their team only one person can have Toulouse Vianu as it happens, the person who has Toulouse Vianu in our league is also uh, old, old, old mates with JB. And JB, who is the second worst manager in our league. Well, or, or, well, well the worst active manager, let's say. Yeah, he is the worst active manager because we have one person that doesn't really give it, make any effort. Yeah, weirdly. The, the, uh, <laughs> you know who you are. The effort to consequence ratio means JB is significantly the worst um, well, player no, I, in our I've, league. I've not really played it since uh, <laughs> for, for, for a long time. But, no, <laughs> but no, 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 no. So, so, what, so what he did, right, me and Phil have both made the playoffs. We're, we're in the top four. I've snuck into the playoffs today. Uh, 
through through no through someone else failing rather than my own <laughs> success but i'll take it yeah. um, but jb prior to this round of matches gave his best mate two outstanding players that he would have needed for this weekend's game well for no apparent reason he says that he's got okay, draft picks next season exactly. i don't i don't believe you well i don't believe you you'll have to wait wait you'll have to wait until the draft how do you feel about it phil Leaves a very sour taste. I'm, I'm stocking my cupboard for uh, next year's draft. <laughs> is that a lie? Uh, th- it's what any good general manager in any NFL team would do. But is it you a lie? It is absolutely not a lie. And, it, we, and you'll see next year. It seems like a smart play because Jay has nothing riding on this season. If if friend of the pod, Bryn Williams, was willing to accept that trade, mm. it, it does seem oh, to I'd, work. I'd, I'd accept the trade. Yeah, it does seem to work both directions. Now, I, I do like the idea of... So long as it does work both directions and it doesn't cheat me or fill out of a championship. So, <laughs> I do want to include a, a new thing in Rugby Draft, which is I think the winner should be able to kick out any single member as of next year because I think one member's going to get kicked out any, any, anyway. <laughs> we should have a draft party. And before the draft, someone is not allowed to draft. You've got to come all prepared, and then you get kicked out before we start. <laughs> and we have someone behind a, yeah. a door waiting to no, be the so, new player. So 11 people show up, only 10 people can draft. <laughs> yes. Or or that we have any... No, no, no. So we shouldn't just automatically give someone their spot. There should be several potential new players, and we vote on who we want our new player to be as well. well. Yeah, Ooh, we should yeah. have a pool of 11, and then... But only ten play every year, and then every year that every next year that new guy can can come in. It'd be brutal. It'd be absolutely brutal. Mm. So I, I'm also doing a fantasy football draft at the moment, and there is so you need to have an even number of players, and there's 15 in our league. So there is a, a 16th team to stop one person having to buy every week, which is the average score of everyone else, mm. and that. <laughs> the average score has developed a persona <laughs> that is. Uh, I don't. I don't know why I'm bothered, bothered to try and explain this, but it's very, very entertaining for those people in the know. Yes, it's, it, but it's very. So much- JB has no morals, right? We can move on to the next, uh, <laughs> next, next point on the agenda, which is cornerstone. Cornerstone, yes. <laughs> Great segue. Fantastic segue. The one thing we can all say with absolute certainty and no lack of morals in our heart when we say Cornerstone, we believe is the best razor that you can get. And what is more, you get an amazing deal because you're listening to us. So this this goes back years now, way before all these other razor companies were on the market. Cornerstone, yeah. Cornerstone got in touch with us and said, we, we really like your podcast. We've got a little offer for you. And uh, people have been happy, delighted uh, with it ever since. Um, so four quid is how much it costs, which is nothing. There's no obligation, although we think you'll love it. Four quid for which you get your six precision German engineered razors in a presentation box from Cornerstone in the post to you with any other little bits and bobs that you want. And then also you get your free aluminium weighty engraved shaft with your initials stands up looking beautiful on the side in your bathroom four quid. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers. That's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or... Egg ten at checkout, and definitely don't forget that. Don't, right. don't, do not forget that. Um, Wasps Leicester. I enjoyed this game. How say you boys? I'm glad I'm not a Wasps or Leicester fan oh. because mm. it was it was brilliant and thrilling and chaotic. Probably chaos is the the most operative word. As long as you are neutral and you can actually enjoy it without having uh, in one direction or the other anything riding on it. There was some breathtaking play and 
just some breathtaking miscalculations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just chaos from start to finish. Yeah. Um, it was hard to know who, who was on top at any one time. Leicester oh. started brilliantly. Yeah. And then Wasps came back brilliantly. Um, I think there should have been a red card in this. Which one? The Maloof. Maloof should have gone. And arguably, maybe even Wade. I'm, so, I'm sorry, just before we get onto this, I'm going to have to interrupt. Oh, Alex Cuthbert joining Exeter Chiefs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I missed that one. Wow. Yeah. I've only just seen that. Alex Cuthbert is joining Exeter Chiefs. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Wow. Oh, that... Who would have called that? No. Rob one... Baxter knows things. Yeah, Rob Baxter does. I mean, it's interesting because Alex Cuthbert, I don't think, has the best reputation in rugby circles, and uh, for Rob Baxter to have. A Rob Baxter-esque chat with him and come back with the idea that, yeah, he's in. You know, he's one of us. Maybe it's a complete, you know, it's it's one of those rumours that isn't necessarily true It's about very Exeter. It's un, it's it's not even true, is it? Like Thomas Waldrum, a lot of people would have gone, really? Yeah, Thomas that's, Waldrum? That's a good point. Yeah. There were quite a few raised eyebrows when Waldrum signed. Myself included. I didn't think it'd work at all. Unfashionable, no. unfancied. Top try scorer, three, two years running. Yeah. So, uh, wow, and and actually, it's quite a good four wingers: Noel, Woodburn, Short, Cuthbert. You've got four completely different types of players. Yeah, you do. Is Santiago Cordero, Cordero? Is he staying around? Oh, is next he sticking season? around? I'm not I sure. I think he's loaned. He, 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 yeah, I think he's alone. So I don't know, but he, he's again, and he's probably more in the Jack Noel, but not quite as uh, not quite as robust. I wonder if they got a discount on him. Hmm. So again, on the face of it, you sort of go meh. But who knows if they can? Get, so, what do we know about him other than he's fast? That's so for sure. He's very, very fast. Good athlete. He's very big as well. He's six foot six. And yeah. but he doesn't play like six foot six. No, yeah, but he doesn't play like Banaham. No, he's six foot six, one hundred and six kg. So he is a big boy, but he's very athletic, and he's a big boy. He's also got a, a very good CV. Yep. In terms of. Winning things with Wales and Lions, and Lions, Lions, Lions. Lions. test winger. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I think uh, not sure who said this. It, it wasn't me. But a good summary of how he of how he goes is: the harder he tries, the worse it gets. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that kind yeah. of that, that is exactly true. Do you know who he does remind me of a bit? Is uh, Tom James because he went to Exeter and became very very good. And then he got back in the Wales team, and then he was never seen again. That's quite a good back. comparison. Yeah. You know, yeah, talented winger, big, big, big lad, powerful, good runner. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I am surprised, but, but I'm interested to see because Baxter knows things. And equally, Jack Noel mm. is probably very unlikely to play much at all next season. With oh no, over the next year or two, because of Six Nations, Autumn Internationals, World, World building up to a World Cup. And he can't play on plastic pitches. And he can't play on plastic pitches, yeah. of which there's three in the Premiership now. Well, it very much depends if Rob Baxter puts him in his World, in his world Cup squad. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Baxter will decide exactly how much he plays for Exeter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, but sorry, I didn't mean to ruin the flow of what you were talking about. Wasps, Leicester. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. So wasp- shambles. Yeah, shambles. So <laughs> entertaining. entertaining shambles. Yeah, beautiful yeah, shambles. So I thought that. Maloof should have got a red card. I mean, I, I don't want I don't want him to get a red card, but I think he should have had one. So I do quite like how Luke Pierce rationalised it by saying, "I don't. I think was, I think Luke Pierce is just flat out wrong." Where he said he hit, he, there was initial contact with the shoulder, and then it's ro- love it rode up. That's how it should be refereed. But, but no, 
it should be refereed to a consistent standard. So if the consistent standard is you start low and ride up, and that's the yellow card, cool. If the, if it's one thing one week and another thing Well, we had week, this same conversation about one tackle last week where we said, about in relation to the Six Nations, where... Yeah, where <laughs> where the same tackle you could imagine being given a penalty only, a yellow or a red. It's really difficult, and especially when you slow-mo stuff. I just... Yeah, I, no, no, but I, you, I like the way no, Luke, no, Luke Pearce dealt with definitely that. definitely slow-mo that, because in full speed it looks bloody brutal. Yeah, well, they actually said... We'll yeah. slow it down, yeah. and then we'll, sp- we'll have it full speed at the end. And it, d- it doesn't yeah. really help. No, I mean, that's not helping. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, one want, no one wanted to see him go, and I think that's maybe what made him stay. Yeah. Um, so if Maloof was, a bit, was a, bit of a, a bit of a naughty boy previously or something, he would have gone for that. There's no choice about it. Your point on consistency is interesting, I, and generally I do agree with that. What, what I would say is virtually everyone who watched that hit said immediately that is either yellow or red. Yeah. So you have at least got that consistency because a few years ago, there would have been a few people saying, oh, not even a penalty. Yeah, not even a penalty. Play on. And a few people call him for red card. Mm. So you have narrowed that spectrum down yeah, that's true. So quite a lot. I've got a more, a more controversial one for you, which I actually think the Christian Wade one could have been a red. Which one was that? When he knocked out Johnny May. Oh, that one. Yeah, because uh, who, was the, who was the ball carrier that knocked out the, the big Quinn's eight? Um, Luamanu. Luamanu did the same thing, didn't he? He just like he sort of chicken winged with the ball. Oh my god! No, no, no. This, yeah, I know. Oh, but just... it's a consistency th- thing, isn't it? it? I'm not saying yeah. I want that. I'm saying yeah. that it, it didn't even get looked at. And there's a guy on the floor un- unconscious. I'm thinking, well, it only ever gets given a red card when a massive guy like Luamanu does it. Yes, uh, and if a little guy like Christian Wade does it, it's not going to get looked at, which is the ridiculousness of it. And I would go with. The way that they refereed it against Christian Wade, yeah, I, do. I, I don't think you can start giving if so carrying for, the ball for me and Johnny, running forward gets yeah. you a red card. And Johnny may put his head in the wrong place. Yeah, so but just to go back to that, do you not think it's weird that a guy is un- unconscious on the field? After yeah, accidents happen, and they don't even review it. Accidents happen. Yeah, uh, for me, the de- the obligation is on the defender to get his head in the right place. You you can't put any of that on. I don't actually remember how he got his head there. I just remember Wade's forearm hitting his head. So that that's a that's a still. I've not got oh. the I've not got a Let's video. Let's have a look. It's it's just the actual moment of contact. I mean that is yeah. very Luamano esque, isn't it? The, oh, right. Right. No. oh my god! Like, if we can't be even, we can't, we can't even re- be entertaining any sort of conversation about that's rugby. Yeah, the, the that's, ball, that's playing I, rugby. I, I, the only thing, if if, if he leads, so Wade hasn't led with the elbow like that. No. If if he does lead with the elbow like that, then it's a different. And it's o- and it's okay to drop. Uh, it's okay to lead and drop your shoulder. Yeah, that's fine. In that sort of fending motion but it, into no, contact. If you watch it, he actually raises his forearm into oh. into May's chin. So yeah, look, it's, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, I think yeah. it's weird that it, it wasn't. That, like, it's like that it's, is a rugby incident. It's like soon we'll actually be doing red cards like like that Nathan Hughes shin onto George North's head. Well, the argument is, isn't it, <laughs> that you're not in control of your body at the time and therefore it's reckless. Uh, no, well, isn't it? Well, so yes, but that only applies to the defender, not the attacker. But Liam Luamano got got red carded for the same thing. Yeah, that was leading with the elbow, though. Was it? Yeah, yeah that, or leading that, with the shoulder or something. So, but I think, in in this, I would say there's an argument that Johnny May has made contact with a head first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny May wasn't in control of his head, therefore is reckless. So, as well as being carried off concussed, red card, red card, absolutely. Yeah, I'm all right yeah. with that. 
contact with his own head. Red card. <laughs> exactly. Stone, uh, Stone Genji's stock went up after this game, didn't he? He did a job on Marty class. Moore. Yeah, absolutely class. Yeah. Key so part of Leicester's win. First first game back as well, wasn't it? So it was it was the tries that didn't that weren't scored today, which which were the stories. Yeah. Uh, I think the Willie LaRue twice got oh. that chip was glorious. The one where well, that chip was glorious, but he had two men yeah. completely unmarked. 10 metres to his left. Um, he just needs to pass it to Daly. Leicester threw one on the floor. Uh, yeah. What, what was what, who, who did that? Was it Tamuo threw on the floor? Or something? I can't remember what happened. They were basically closing in on, on the line. There was um, the Juan de Jong in the corner where Callum Afoni got across. Yeah. And then there was one of the tackles of the season. Mark Tate. Tate on Robson. And was there not one third one where Robson stole the ball basically on the Wasps try line and ran away with it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the, Robson, right? He would have gone for that try had he had he not had to run around with an injured teammate. <laughs> and George Ford loves an intercept pass at the minute, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it, I, th- I thought George Ford did. So he did chuck in a couple of intercepts. I thought overall he played very well, particularly particularly losing the back line, losing Tuilagi and Johnny May in the first twenty minutes. It's hard to say. He took the ball to the line. Nicely, but when he was turning to pass, I mean, he fired some very hard passes. I mean, none of these are professional guys who need to catch the ball, but pe- people were dropping things left, right, and center. It seemed that his passing was just a, l- a little off to me. Although his running game was dangerous, which is which is fixing the defenses nicely. And his kicking won it at the end. Yeah, and when so he, his pack wasn't always on top. When Genj came on, it was at the end. It was on top. It wasn't always, but when he got. Good ball. I thought his, his kicking was very intelligent. The Cipriani kick from the touchline was superb. Oh, the conversion. Yeah, because there's not enough space for for Gopper to uh, to smash it with his run up. So they gave give it Sippers, and then you think, bloody hell, this Wasp team is uh, is just Ta- packed full of stars. But talented. Why did they lose it? Because they ran out. They ran out of ideas. Wasps might be missing Elliot Daly again. With is it? I don't know if it's broken or oh, it dislocated. Horrible. Yeah, it was in all sorts of directions oh. it was not yeah and he obviously got the two tries for them yeah but later on in the game it's kind of what I've been saying about Wasps for a long time they are so reliant on their talent uh, their skillful talented in- individuals that they can they can run out of ideas and that's exactly what happened I, I would credit Leicester for that <coughs> their Excuse set me. piece effort they got on top of them yeah. which prevented Wasps from having any ball and their defence was very Tell good who was very good today is, is De Jong yeah De Jong John play, played well. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a very good way to summarise it, isn't it? Wasps had a lot of ball. I think they played the better attacking rugby, but Leicester just hung on in there. Uh, and the final game we haven't really mentioned was another one which wasn't quite the spectacle we hoped it would be. Quite an exciting finish as it turned out, but Exeter going to the wreck and getting a win, 20 points to 18. Mm, I didn't see this. Um it was a workmanlike performance by Exeter. Joe Simmons again looked composed. It was it was a yeah. re- it was a really cool moment when um when with three minutes to go, Gareth Steenson came on uh, and he was, he came on for Phil Dolman, I think. Oh yeah, Dolman's anyway, shoulder. He, he sort of he, there was there was a moment where he kind of ran on and pr- probably in autopilot as much as anything. Steenson sort of ran towards the ten position and Joe Simmons just sort of motioned him no. out, get back, get back. It was kind of um, <laughs> symbolic in a way. Um, yeah, but. Uh, but again, I just I've just got so much time for for that club. The way that Baxter has taken his time, brought it through, and you you don't ever get any sort of sense that that Steenson is annoyed or he'll 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 take it competitively and want to prove himself again. 
yeah, yeah and that absolutely. will drive standards but no no petulance no concern all the greater good and all the rest of it definitely I love it uh, and I really like that I really like the way that Simmons has slowly been, been brought into the fold and he's getting bigger and bigger occasions to perform and is performing because the, the story of this game it wasn't an exceptional game by any standards the story was those Simmons boys mm. who were were both brilliant but both arguably the two best players on the pitch, uh, and they're two very good Devon lads uh, that Baxter has brought through. I was quite impressed with Bath. Their defence was huge, so physical. Yeah, it's, it's something that's been brought in. Mm. Uh, their defence and their commitment, a lot of the time, is very good. They've got some good systems, but you just question some of the the names on the team sheet and some of the talent that they've got, they've got or not yeah, got, or not got. Yeah. yeah, agree. Right, we'll we'll cover off a, a little bit of Pro 14 and any other things we need to talk about in a minute, but Phil, there's a quiz that's been sent our way. There is a quiz. Uh, in fact, we've got two quizzes, both, okay. both from Will Fournier. Uh, good, word, Will, good work, Will Fournier. Uh, I'm going to do one of them this week um, and one next week. We'll okay. save it. Now, Will, um, I'll read you the first three digits of his phone number and you've got to tell me where he's from. Okay. okay. It's... Zero four three. Uh, zero four three is his mobile number. Zero four three is that? Um. Um. Hold on, we've been there. Is that is that Romania? It's not Romania. No, we've not been there. We've not had an egg chasers tour there. Oh, okay. Uh... But it is a, a rugby nation. Okay, I've no idea. South Africa. Australia. Australia. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bondi. Sydney. Is it Australia? Yeah, oh, okay. it is. It is. So Will from Bondi, Australia, has sent us he's sent us a quiz called Shingler's Lifts. Brilliant. Right. <laughs> Shingler's, Shingler's Lifts. Lifts. Incredible. I'm, I'm in already. Which uh, he did say is <laughs> is a... An Australian lift company. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> oh my so, god, that's so good. So I, I've got a quick uh, opening question for you all. Which ground has a lift testing facility outside of it? You did text me this the other day. Which ground has a lift testing facility? Outside of it, yeah. Which ground has a lift? Uh, the one in Hong Kong? Nope, it's in the Premiership. It's on TV. You see it on TV. Lift testing? Yep. Well, there's only 12, so it's not Exeter, nope. definitely not. It's not the Stoop. Nope. It's it's not Allianz. Nope. It's not Sale. Nope. Uh, Franklin's Gardens doesn't have one. Does it? No. It is Franklin's Gardens. Wait, where's that? Where, where is it? So if you in Franklin's Gardens, there's a massive tower called the Express Lift Tower, and that's where they test lifts, or they did test test lift wow they should turn that into like a special best seat in the house place you can go up there and watch the game exactly exactly from right. 200 feet or whatever so apparently that's where they do all like the charity abseiling and stuff now but yeah there's a huge tower outside of Franklin, franklin's garden it's i will on tv i will look up and notice it next yeah. time i'm there national lift tower lift testing tower built by the express lift company is that at, that's at Weedon road in northampton there you go that's like in uh there's weird things like that in places like in, in portsmouth there is a like for, for for training capsized boats, there's this little kind of <laughs> circular tube which fills up with water, and like marines have to have to get out, find their way down, and get out of potentially like no, life threatening situations. I'm yeah, not anything I'd rather yeah. do. Yeah. 
So back to the quiz. So this, oh, yes, sorry, this Shing- is, shingler's lifts. So well, so we did suggest uh, shin- shingler's list. list. Now, but we didn't have a clue what the game would be, and suggested no. people try and come up with one. Now, Schindler's Lifts are a company in both Australia and the UK uh-huh. uh, that make manufacture lifts. So he has gone for Shingler's Lifts. So this is a line-out based quiz. Perfect. Okay, love it. Here we so, go. Pen and paper ready. Yeah. Right. First question. And this is quite niche. Uh, in last season's Super Rugby... Oh, no. Which team had the most accurate line-out throw with the highest percentage of ball won? In last season's what? Super Rugby. Super Rugby? Yeah. And oh, I will, I'll give you a clue by saying, when you think about it, it makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Does it? Okay. Okay. Uh, I've, I've, sorry, my, I killed my phone at, um, at Bath on Friday night. It's, it's dead once and for all. I couldn't unlock it because too much of the screen got oh, damaged. No. So I went out and I bought like a really cheap smartphone handset to tide me over until it gets repaired. I don't know where the um, <laughs> memo app or where the memo app or whatever it is is on a on this Android. It's an Android. Hold on, I'm trying to find one. Where is it? Come on, next uh, question. I'll just write it in a message. There just yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, question two: Who stole the most lineout ball at this year's the 2018 Six Nation Championship? Who stole, Who stole the most lineout ball at this year's Six Nations? And uh, it, it was a low total. It was only three, three steals. The most. This is a not a, this is a, an individual player. Okay, not, not a nation. Question three. What year did lifting in the lineout become legal? Ooh. <laughs> I do not know. So if if neither of you gets it on the nose, I will give half a point for the closest. Okay. Question four. Who is the tallest ever internationally capped rugby union player and how tall is he? So it's two separate points and you can get them independently. Oh, I do not know. Um, and this is this is their listed heights. Yeah. So. Oh, 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 oh. Because there's a couple who are listed about six ten. What's the are, name of that Welsh fella? Who are taller? <laughs> What's the name of that Welsh? No, no, no. What's the name of that Welsh fella? I remember from back in the day. Here we go. I think I've got this one. Okay. Question number five. What did the England team learn? Before the 2003 World Cup, which helped them steal more line-out ball. What, what did they learn? They learned a skill or a talent or uh, something that you can learn. Before the 90s. Or some knowledge. They learned some knowledge before the 2003 World Cup final. Skill, talent, knowledge. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, not sorry. It wasn't before the final. It was before okay. the 2003 World Cup Right, okay. Next. Question six, final question. Uh, name the top three players with the most with who have won the most of their own line out ball in this season's Avicii Premiership so far. So players um, So this is winning their own line outs in the So the players I as in the jumper or the teams? Uh the players. 
So just the person who's caught the most lineups. This is the person who's caught the most lineups. So yeah. It's not as a percentage. It's just a just an absolute number. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, pretty confident in that one. Do I get three points for this? Uh, yeah, there's three three players, one point for each. Okay. Um, okay, let me get up a little... No, not, it won't be them. little scoring spreadsheet. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you ready? It's a good question, that, because you've got to think who's played the most times. Yeah. Who's a primary jumper? Yes. Come on, I'm ready to win, though. All right, all right. <laughs> um, okay, I'll give you... Well, We'll get started, Tim, and you can think as we okay. go. Okay. So, question number one. Yeah. Super Rugby, uh, which team had the highest percentage of ball won for the lineouts? Canterbury for me. It's Crusaders. Uh, I I was thinking of going Crusaders, and then I just thought, as a maverick selection, because it might be a surprise. I just, I was looking at that shirt up on the wall. I just went to Haguares. Because they have because the, they have all their teammates. It might be it could potentially be the only part of Haguares' play which is any good. <laughs> Haguares do have those two enormous second rows. And Aust- and Augustine Creevy. And Creevy. Who yeah. who is the most overrated player on earth? Uh it was neither of those teams. It was the <coughs> The Bulls. Uh, Why would that make sense? Uh South African line out. Yeah. yeah. Right, his, his, historically Bulls always had um yeah. what's his name? Matfield. Okay, next. Next one. Who stole the most line-out ball at this year's Six Nation Championship? I went Maro. Uh, I said Maro. Then I went, I thought, no, not Maro. <clears throat> go Peter Romani. He's a pest. Those would have been good guesses. No and no. It was the man himself, Aaron Shingler. Oh, oh no. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow, he's not just a, a weapon in the loose then. Yeah. He, he's... I, I genuinely think he's one of the best performing players. Yeah, agreed. He's brilliant. Uh, I'm so surprised having seen him a few years ago. Mm. Just how good he is. Um, question number three. So half a point available for the closest. If neither of you get it on the nose, in what year did line out, did lifting in the lineout get introduced? Ninety-one. Uh, Ninety-two is what I said. Uh, it was 99, according to really? this. What? No! Um, I remember lifting when I was playing, like... Never! Teenage year I'm rugby. sure the World... Surely when South Africa won the World Cup... Yeah. They were lifting. Let me check this. No, this... This is this, a scandal. This is... This is... This, this is a force. Who, who is this clown? <laughs> <laughs> there was supporting and lifting. I remember when there was, Ah, like, you might be on something there, Tim. On the shorts, rather than like when it was you yeah, were allowed on the legs. They might have to get up, and then you can sort of hold. Yeah, them. you might be right there. In fact, I'm pretty sure you are right. If so, from 1996, you could support a jumper once he'd jump, but you could not pre-grip. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I get half a point anyway. Is what we're saying? I think neither no, of us get a point. No, I don't think either of us get a point. We're so far away. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to give either of you a point for that. Yeah, actually. well, well done. I know. Oh, uh, yeah, that's nil, probably, nil. it's probably likely because I, I was watching before the Scotland England game a few weeks back. I was watching that old 1990 match, and it was an absolute shambles. The lineouts then, <laughs> it's a free for all. Yeah, it's embarrassing watching that. People used to cook, people used to pay to watch this <laughs> fast. Uh, 
Next question. Next question. So we're currently on zero zero. That's correct. I remember yeah. watching that game, by the way, uh, just the, the, on YouTube, the old England Scotland game from 1990 when Scotland won at Murrayfield, and at one point Bill McLaren goes, "There's Jeff Probin. He was the England tight end prop or loose head prop, one of the props." And he went, yeah, "13 and a half stone of prop." <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's, I'm, it I'm came 13 and a half stone <laughs> exactly, or he's 14 stone. <laughs> it was something ridiculously light for an international prop. <laughs> Wow. Um, right. Next question. Tallest ever internationally capped rugby union player. Over to you, Timothy. I couldn't remember the... the it was like Derwin Jones or something. It was the one I was Ooh. thinking. Or, or, but, there is, there but, is a Derwin Jones. You're right. But I, or I, It was someone like that. It was a massive Welsh fella. Humongous man. But, um, but I didn't know, so I just went with Long Dog, Luke Charteris, because I couldn't remember his mm. name. And it's not... Well, it's, the correct answer, Tim, is... Andres Andres Baki, uh, and he's seven foot two. I think. Uh, so, not the answer I've got down here. What? The answer we've got down is Richard Metcalf. Oh, maybe. Thirteen Scotland caps. And Tim, what height did you have down? Uh, I had. Well, I know that Luke Charteris is seven foot. Yes. But but, but I said six foot ten. Uh, so, <laughs> no points again. Uh, seven foot dead is allegedly what Richard Metcalf was. Luke Charteris and, and is seven right, foot. Right, hang on. Um, Luke Charteris is seven foot. I want to have this. Bayfield as well. Bayfield's six ten. He's well, listed six as, eleven. He's listed as six ten. He's not. He's not as big as Luke Charteris. Not is at all. Not? No. Luke Charteris is seven foot. I'm telling you. It's just he's embarrassed to be seven foot. That's why he's not listed. Right, that, that's amazing. I know. Uh... On, 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 hang on. Andres Becker, you said, Jay. Um Yes. Or Backer or whatever. Backy or Listed at 6'10". Okay. 6'11 here. It's, whatever. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a joke. Is what it is. Anyway, we're all we're, we're nil-nil. Nil-nil with two, all, two questions to go. All locked up at nil-nil. So, question five. What did the England team learn before the 2003 World Cup, not the World Cup final, which helped them steal more line-out ball. I know sign language. More okay. basketball. Sign language. Sign language. <laughs> I, I wrote down, because I remember them doing it, Clive Woodward doing it, but I don't think this is related. They definitely did this. They had they were the first team to bring on like a skills coach and catch with diff- with small balls. Oh, yeah, they did. But I don't think that's and what they this did, is. They did like prefer- peripheral vision training. Yeah, peripheral vision training. So peripheral vision. That's the, well, so that was the training I'm talking about, training with small and different size and shape and weight balls. Uh Basketball and or sign language. Is incorrect. Incorrect. Uh, your peripheral vision stuff. Uh, my, I said peripheral vision. It, I didn't well, say the phrase peripheral vision. Is incorrect, but the doctor, Dr. Uh, Shirley Calder, yep. who was their uh, eye coach, for want of a better word. That's what they had. Yes, I remember. Per- peripheral ah. vision coach. No, the, the doctor taught them Afrikaans because they played oh yeah it was a South African doctor they played South Africa in the group ah. stages now so they taught them some Afrikaans so they this could. sounds mental right this is just coming back to me did they not practice relaxing their eyes <laughs> I swear to god it was something <laughs> bloody weird like they had a computer program that they used yeah. to to train their eyes yeah it's all the one percent it's exactly. Clive Woodward management coaching marginal gains yeah uh, so, we go into the final question where there are three points available. 
with the scores tied at an impressive 0-0. <laughs> which, uh, Will, you've obviously overestimated the capabilities of these two. So, final question. Top three players in the Premiership Yeah, for I'll, line-outs one. I'll go, I'll go first? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure this is the... Uh, actually, you, you can go, go first, Tim. Uh, okay, I'll go number one, Bryn Evans. Oh, my number one is Bryn Evans, damn it. Incorrect. What? Hey, number two, <laughs> Tim. Well, you, you go first on this one. I've got mine written down. Callum Green. That's a good one, actually. I said Courtney Laws. I know he's missed games for England, but he's played quite a lot for Northampton. I can tell you Courtney Laws is incorrect. Callum oh. Green is then. Callum, oh. Callum Green is correct. Yes! Oh, no! Yes! No! So there's one more. No! Unless Tim gets it, uh, JB I, I, wins I've got it written Callum. down and I won't change it, but J, I wanna, let's go with what JB says, because if he gets the same name as me, then I can't win anyway. Jamie Gibson. Okay, I said Don Armand. Ooh. Don Armand is incorrect. Oh, I know X to use him a lot. Jamie Gibson is remarkably... Correct. Yes! What? For JB wins. No I know, way! I Jamie know, Gibson! And who's the other one? I know my line so that Jamie Gibson is in third. It's oh, on, and the last one... 78. Is it Johnny Hill? Johnny Hill is there number one. There you go. That's how you do it. Google's wow. good, isn't it? Google's useful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could Google that in that time, I would be very impressed. Yes! Damn it! Well played. Yeah, fair, oh, well. fair play. You can't play fantasy rugby draft, but you can do a good line out. Well... <laughs> And thank you, William Fournier, for yep. Shingler's Lifts. And next week, we have to, you two have to look forward to the quiz called Alan Wynn Jones. Oh. oh, wow. All about winning. I'm going to do some research on that then. That's, we can swat up. Get ready. Yeah. So there you go. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right. Uh, Ulster. Uh, so <laughs> don't. This, this, season, this season is just a write-off. Uh, we're going to finish... We're going to finish below everyone. Well, you're going to finish below my team, of course. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to finish below uh, Cheetahs, below Cardiff, below Ulster, below Benetton. Hey, Benetton are going places. Good, strong, good, deep, strong squad. We have have fewer points than Cardiff Blues now. Oh, my goodness me. And John O'Gibbs is quite honest about it. He said, where is the... the, the, um, So they lost 35-17. And after that, John O'Gibbs said the scoreboard isn't a fair reflection, and you think he's going to say, we did a lot better, of how utterly <laughs> we weren't in that game. Uh, wow. Zing. Yeah. It's 
They might as well just give up. So I guess the sad thing about the Pro 14 this year is actually the bottom four clubs are Southern Kings, Dragon, Zebra, and Connacht. I don't like Connacht being down there. It seems like you know they peaked and now they're going back to type, and mm. that isn't cool. Um, Southern Kings, fine, don't care. Dragons don't care. Zebra don't care. Um, the good news is Benetton are sort of getting their act together. I mean, they've won nine, lost nine. That That isn't yeah. actually bad. Well, they're one point off Ulster. But also have a game in hand. Yeah, but it, it, sorry, this this is credit to Benetton. Mm. It, it's Ulster are very poor, but Benetton winning nine games is a remarkable season. It is. It, good. it would probably normally take them about four seasons to win nine games. Uh, I'd be interested to see how many wins they've got combined in the previous seasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it isn't. It isn't many. Do you want to hear an Ulster? A couple of Ulster rumours that have been flying around. Uh, I'd, I'd love to. Go on. Be careful with Ulster rumours, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joey Carberry could be a one-year loan, depending on the outcome of... Other rumours? Um, other other situations. Yes. Um, Johnny McPhillips wants to come to England. Um, same And Sean Edwards, potentially new head coach for Ulster. Don't like Sean it. Sean Edwards. I would take Sean Edwards. Would you? Yeah. I've, I've not got this from anywhere else than just looking at rumours which are flying around online on the interweb. So... Um, yeah, I would take Sean Edwards, definitely. Hmm, maybe. It's a good job, the Ulster job. It's a very yeah. good job. Great it's crowd, great great ground. I love that stadium. Passionate. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, brilliant crowd, brilliant fans, brilliant stadium. Quite a bit of money. Like yeah. s- The marquee signings for the past couple of seasons will have been as good as any on paper. Now, Piatau, when he's been playing, has been as good as anyone. Uh, Kurtzia, not so good in reality mm, which no. is not really his fault and I feel desperately sorry for him and and Ulster but it's just not worked out why is he still injured what's his what's his knee recur, it's recurring not... it's just not right he's had I think at least two surgeries on it uh, it was a crucial issues to start off with it doesn't look good for him because he's still only a young man how old is he 25, 26. Ooh, that isn't good, is it? Yeah, he's not really played for two seasons. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty, pretty miserable. Uh, I, I guess the two stories of this year's Pro 14 are, Ed, are, are Edinburgh. Yeah. Who are going great guns. Mm. Um, did they used to be called the Gunners at one point? Um, Edinburgh Gunners. Were they the Edinburgh yeah. Gunners? Yeah. Edinburgh Reavers at one point. No, that's Border Reavers. Border Reavers, yes, you're right. Um and cheaters, I mean, cheaters are a real, real good addition. So the, the, both those teams are now, are now in playoff positions. I don't see Ulster catching uh, Ed, uh, Edinburgh anytime soon. Do you? Uh, no, not so much. No. Uh, and cheaters, they are. Well, mm. Cardiff well, Blues Ulster, come into a bit of form. To be fair, Ulster are thirteen points behind Edinburgh, so no, <laughs> they've got a game in hand, but still no. Munster stayed on course for a home quarter final, beating uh, Scarlets. Yeah. Um, there was a few international players amongst the, the squad there. Yeah, Peter, some. Peter Omani and Conor Murray. Tom Van Del played for Scarlets. Say it again, sorry? Tom Van Del played for Scarlets. What? Say really? It, say that again, sorry? Tom Van Del played for Scarlets. Wow. Why? Is he going for the uh, Pro 14 try scoring record as well? Yeah. Uh, I think he's just on loan to the end of the season. Uh, Bristol are pretty much promoted. I don't think it's a sign that Bristol don't want him. I think... Um, Sounds like it. Uh, there again, Bristol have also lent out the Georgia captain to uh, Ospreys. Mm. Yeah. Have I not picked up on Vaughn Dell yeah. going to Scarlets? I've not seen that reported anywhere. It, it must have been. I'm not. Wow. 
Scarlets had a had a lot of first team players in that one, and uh, Munster kept quite a lot of their players out. So interesting and a good win for them. Well, Munster obviously have the uh, the home semi final. Oh, sorry, home quarter final against Toulon to look forward to. Toulon, did you see their result? Yes, absolutely walloped Claremont. I don't really know how it happened. I don't didn't see the game. I'll I'll tell you one thing. So Claremont are. I've not seen the game at all. I only saw the team sheets, but Toulon played a fairly solid team. Claremont rested quite a few players because Claremont hosts Racing Metro, Metro next week. Um, so it's not, and they've got big injury issues. This yeah, season. they they really do have big injury issues. Yeah, but there's resting players, and they're losing by fifty points. I mean, they're away from home. They just I mean, Toc H only beat Marple by by sixty one. <laughs> you know, and the mo- most interesting bit out of that game is Chris Ashton has leveled the top fourteen all time try scoring record in one season. Four games left to with go. Four games left to go. Wow. He was he was brought off uh, with thirty minutes to go wow. as well. So it looks like he will smash that record. Um, amazing, isn't it, that um, England don't want him? Uh, yeah, and haven't wanted him. Uh, well, ha- has he played much since the 2011 World Cup? Mm, don't think so. Did he play? I think. Did he all? not have some disciplinary issues? And Stuart, Stuart and Lancaster. And Lancaster, like, yeah, no, you're not. You're not coming back. You're not, not our kind of guy. And Eddie Jones just never liked him. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, we can we probably talk a little bit more about some of the Pro 14 sides, and French sides for that matter, looking ahead to the European Cup quarterfinals. Uh, but before we do, a couple of other stories that have um, gone around worth just mentioning. Argentina are going to start selecting European-based players again. Yeah, fine. We always knew they were going to do it. We, there was always a question mark of when before the World Cup, yeah. but seems seems sensible and seems like they have to do something to turn around their fortunes of the Jaguares and the Pumas. Although the Jaguars got a good win this weekend against the Lions. Mm. Yeah, that is a good win. And what's this Pacific Islands combining? What's what's going on there? The, uh, the Pacific Challenge, which is, uh, I think right now, it's Japan, Tonga, Fiji, Samoa. Like their second teams play uh, around March, April time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's their second teams as in it's none of the players who play in Europe or elsewhere in yeah. the world are selected. And World Rugby have announced they're going to do a combine type system, as in okay. NFL draft combine type system. Oh, where the players, so the best performing thirty players from Fiji, Tonga, and Samoa from that tournament each year will go into a week long training camp where there will be coaches from specific teams within Australia, New Zealand, and Japan who can then pick up those players. Wow. So it's like a week-long showcase of those ta- their talents, but they are already tied to their nas- the national team. Got you. Oh, so, that's, that's pretty cool. So it gives them, it gives those players a brilliant opportunity. They get the opportunity and the access to coaching, to cash. Yeah. To education. El- el- but education have- to elite-level performance. But you have to have played for one your nation. Yes. Perfect. Exactly. Great. So, it seems it, it seems a really simple. That's a really smart move. It's just such a simple idea. It'll be interesting to see how it, it plays out, or uh, it, or if any like superstar in the making says, yeah. "I'm all right, Ashley. I'll just I'll swear <laughs> this one." Yeah, uh, not for me. Yeah, but really good little initiative. So yeah, I thought the, it's the, worth mentioning. The coaches um, from 
New Zealand, Australia, uh, go there, look at players in training and stuff, and then uh, pull one to one side and go, listen, you're going to get a hamstring injury today. <laughs> you're not you're not available. Say <laughs> so, right. Does it ever confuse you when, um, like, ex players? How, how does this try and create a brand for themselves? I know why, why they do it, but sometimes it's it's a little bit misplaced. Do, do you know what I mean? So, like, give me an example. Robinson Fifteen brand or Fifteen. Oh yeah. Um, well, I found the new one. Um, Yestin Harris feels like he needs his needs his own brand, and I've just picked up on um, on, on his Twitter, the official Twitter feed of Yestin Harris. So, no chance of you getting any of those fake Yestin Harris accounts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's got a little H, look, a little a little rugby cross for his uh for for his brand. Let's have a look. See ya. Yeah, so yeah, it's minimalist. Yeah, Yeston Harris has his own brand, which I don't know feels unnecessary. <laughs> it does. What's he doing these days? Uh, I, I don't know, but he's got two thousand Twitter followers. Um, <laughs> two thousand. Wow. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know about you. I, I think I, I'd love a Yeston Harris H on my on, on my next polo shirt. <laughs> well, how could JB be made? Could be how could JB be rugby fied? The letters there J and B. There must be a JB brand out there somewhere. Mm. Do, do you know how I would brand up JB for maximum rugby effect? I'd put a J and a B on and make them into handles of a world famous rugby trophy. Oh wait, hang on, it exists. <laughs> I would, I, I would just have the letters. It would be LTBP, but the B has a J above it, and the B uh, and the J in different colours. Ah, uh, nice. And you can make the two circles of the B out of rugby balls. Yep. Uh, J. I think I'm going to stick with the JB Cup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got an, an awesome weekend of European rugby. The only... Well, it's not a downside, actually. It's sort of bittersweet. On the one hand, the rearranged Anglo-Welsh Cup match means that there's been a rejig in who goes where, and I'm no longer, as I mentioned before, going to Galway oh, for Connacht. That's a shame. Because I'm going to Llanethly for Scarlet's La Rochelle. That'll be, oh, upgrade. Hello. Yeah, yeah. I'm, which I'm very excited about. Massive so, upgrade. So with that in mind, let's get into some of these European Cup, European Champions Cup semi-finals and the Challenge Cup. I think it's probably yeah. at the point where we can start talking about that now. So we can fly through the fixtures. Yeah, do the Challenge Cup first. Uh, so Friday night we have two games: Newcastle host Breve and Pau. Pau, 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 Pau. host Stade Francais. Don't know the second one, and the first one is uh, Newcastle at home. Against Breve. Yeah, give me Newcastle. Then we have Connor hosting Gloucester. Gloucester. Which yeah, I think Gloucester will oh, I think Gloucester, Gloucester, Gloucester like a little run in the challenge. They do, well they're, they're, they're the holders. Yeah. No, they're not. No, hold on. No, no they got to the won. final. They didn't. They didn't win. No, they had that great win in La Rochelle. Yeah. And then in the semi final. Did they lose to Stad? Yeah, so they won away in La Rochelle in the semi final, so going to Connacht will not will not phase them. Yeah. Did they win last year? They won the year before that, I think. Did they so, beat on, Edinburgh in the final? So Montpellier have def- definitely won it because they beat they beat Harlequins, and then who beat Bath- who beat Gloucester last year? Then must have been um, Stade Francais. Stade Francais. Stade Francais, yeah. Let's have a look. European Challenge Cup uh, wins by club. The final in Bilbao, actually, which meant which is meant to be an awesome city. Oh yeah, we, we all go into Lisbon. So, so I, yeah. I keep forgetting to mention that. We all go into Lisbon Tens for the for, for the final last weekend in May. Last weekend in May, Liz, uh, 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 Lisbon Tens. I will give it's you. It's in the it's in the same general direction as uh, Bilbao. As Bilbao, no, no, but that Bilbao's the the European Cup finals are on the twelfth. 
Yes. Yeah, so the final weekends of the Premiership and Pro Premiership final, and Pro 14, yeah. You can watch it with us in um, Lisbon. I must talk about that more. In fact, I'll get it over on our social media channels sooner rather than later. But yeah, li- uh, Lisbon 10s should be good fun. The previous winners of European Challenge Cup. So Stade Francais beat Gloucester last year, yeah. as we said. Montpellier beat Quinns the year before that. And then Gloucester beat Edinburgh that's right. the year before that. And that's as far back as we want to go. So Gloucester will, will win in Galway, I think. And then Edinburgh host Cardiff Blues, which Edinburgh will will win. Yeah, so we're predicting the final, the semi-finalists to be Edinburgh, Gloucester, uh, Powell. Uh, Powell, but I don't know. Let's go Powell because they're at home and Newcastle. Yeah. yeah, and now just I know it's next season. And we're not really talking about it, but Ed- Edinburgh going well this season. Mm. Next season, I think they are going to be dynamite. Yeah, they get John Barkley back, and they've also signed. Uh, did we talk about this? They signed uh, Santiago. Not Santiago, the other one. Oh yeah, not Mini Chino, Max Chino. Um, yeah. What's um, uh, oh yeah, Sacchino. Uh, Sacchino. Yeah, Sacchino. What's his first name? I've completely brain farted it. I just call him Juan. Uh, something like that. Yeah. What is his? Oh my of? god! So Santiago, Juan, Juan Pablo, Juan Pablo, Juan Pablo. What did San- I mean, Juan? Santiago Sacchino is his hooker brother, younger yeah. brother. He, he was very, very good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's a hell of a signing, and John Barkley is a good signing. So, so we got the Anglo Welsh Cup final, which is happening on uh, Friday as well. Can't wait in the afternoon, two thirty. So we'll have the Anglo Welsh Cup final to get the weekend going. Oh, that's Friday at two thirty. Good Friday, awesome. awesome. Yeah. So good Friday, Bath Exeter in the Anglo Welsh Cup final. Bath picked quite a good team for this. Um, Exeter also picked a good team, but none of the guys that were involved in the Premiership game at the weekend. I, I'm i going to go Banners to score the winning try and win some silverware for Bath in his final season. Banners. At the ground that he's going to be playing at next season. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's, set, it's, so set for, it's set for Banners. Ten years. He's the only member of the Bath squad that, that won the Challenge Cup, the last trophy Bath won ten years ago. Probably in that shirt that we've got hung up on the dungeon. It's about that about yeah, that long ago, the old shirt. Puma jersey. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bath to win. Banners winning try. Seeing as you've painted such a lovely narrative, Tim, I'm with you. Bath to win. Or Steenson will go and prove everyone he's <laughs> awesome and score. Yeah, he's still it. he's still got it. Uh, I'm not with you at all. I am going Exeter. Okay. Champions Cup. Champions Cup semi-finals. Here we go. So Friday, it's confusing me. Obviously, it's good Friday. Friday at 5.30pm, Scarlet's host La Rochelle. Oh, yeah, it means I can I can get away. I, I can get away at a reasonable time. Might even be able to get a train back. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So you're not in the Travel Lodge or Premier Inn nah. in Lenethley. Oh, I might be otherwise. Um. So Friday night, yeah. Scarlet's host La Rochelle. What to make of this? Two incredibly attacking sides. This should be so good. Yeah, this will be a brilliant game. Uh, and if La Rochelle play like they did for the first three games of the uh, Champions Cup this season, rather than the latter three games, this will be a hell of a hell of a battle. Scarlets hmm. at home. La Rochelle are incredible at home. Yeah. Uh, not so good on the road, um, and oh, there's just something about that Scarlet side at the minute. Uh, I don't know is the answer. I, I kind of feel that Six Nations, um, the Six Nations, is a weird one for the Pro Four team because the team seems, feels like it's been gutted for so long. Like that, that team probably hasn't been together for 
Well, since January. Yeah, they've not played a full game. And, and same with um, same with Leinster. So, although everyone talks about being resting players and so on and so forth, I, I don't think it actually works in their favour. Because of that, I think I'm going to go with La, with La Rochelle. I think they'll be a slightly better, more rounded team and uh, more cohesive on, on the day. Hmm. I'm going to go against that and say uh, Scarlet's will be fresh. The players who come back in will slot in nicely. Because, for example... Uh, so Patchell um, Hadley Parks Scott Williams Steph Evans have uh, and Halfpenny have all been playing together and Gareth Davis yeah they have they, they've kind of uh, 80% of the starting lineup for half the time has been playing together so I don't think they'll lose too much and I think the home advantage against the French team will be enough so mm. give me Scarlets on Saturday there's just the one Champions Cup Quarter final. It's a big one though. Munster against Toulon. Toulon. Toulon will just be too powerful. But that Munster pack is so well organised, so well drilled. They are well drilled, you're right. But And it's Toman Park as well. That's got to be worth ten yeah. points. Mm. Where are Toulouse in the, in the table? Toulon, Toulon, sorry. Toulon are in fourth place. Hmm, it's hard. Yeah, I'm starting to doubt myself now. Maybe, maybe Munster. No, I'm still going to go with Toulon. Just, just to beat their way through. Toulon are in fourth place. They have scored the most points for, and they've comfortably secured the most bonus points. They're really? Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, Toulon for me. I think... I think this Toulon team, what it lacks from other teams is the experienced leadership uh, that they had a few years ago when they had the likes of Heyman and Botha and Wilkinson and Gitto, mm. all those boys. They've got they've got talent and they've got names there now, but I don't think they've quite got the leadership, so I think... But is a pretty good leader. He is, but being a French... Gold Godzer as well is in there. Yeah, being... I almost think that they need... Uh, they need more an, of them. In, they need an English-speaking leader. Does that make sense? Like Chris Ashton? Yeah. Well, bilingual, English, French. Like, they need Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny Someone like Johnny Wilkinson. Giving the team talk in English and French. And French. Yeah. yeah. Someone like that. I don't think Ashton does it. I don't think Nonu does it. I don't think Samu Manoa does it. <laughs> no. I don't think Fekitoa does it. No. So, I think they're missing something. So, I'm going to say Munster to win by three points. Interesting. I think this will be a massively physical bludgeon fest that Munster will just get on the right side of with Peter Romani, man of the match. Interesting. Ooh, man of the match prediction. Mm. Uh, Sunday then, we've got two Champions Cup quarterfinals, Phil. We do. We have lunchtime. Oh. Yeah, one o'clock kickoff. This is a nice time. Uh, Claremont hosting Rassing. Uh, now, Claremont, who obviously have just been on the back of a real hiding from Toulon I don't expect to see many of the players who played for Clermont in that game playing in this but it will still be a depleted Clermont team uh, and it's depleted Clermont but it is at home so Clermont have got injury problems they've lost a lot of games they're not as high at the table as a Clermont team should be they're in ninth position exactly and I don't think that this so if this is just a really random one-off result they bounce back from it. But I don't think it is. I think it's uh, an accumulation of 
a lot of things, and I don't think they will be able to beat Racing. So for me, it's going to be Racing. Racing, who are in second place in the top fourteen. So I, I'm I'm going with you. I think Racing are going to win this. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that crowd. Uh, that's the probably the, of all the stadium that I'd like to go to. I'd yeah. like to go to the Marcel Michelin. Definitely. It, it, Not this year, Again, that's got to be worth some points on a match day. It do, it will it, be. I don't think it'll be worth enough. They they comfortably... I'm just looking at their recent results here. Absolutely hammered. They beat Pau. Pow, 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 pow. Um, so, but yeah. Uh, at home. Uh, who, what was the team in that? What team are they putting out in their last home game, Phil? Chuck some of the names out there. In their last home game? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Uh, French top 14. Just, it doesn't really matter. For... Claremont, they, so when they beat Pow. Pow, 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 Pow. Stupid website. Not even got their team. They beat La Rochelle at home. They beat Breve away. They lost to Oyanat at home before that. Ooh, it hasn't been an ugly season. They lost to yeah. Spank by Leon. Lost at home to Montpellier. A hammered away at Racing 92 in January. 58-6 at Racing 92. Lost to Cast at home. Oh, lost to Power away. Oh, yeah, they've had an horrible season, haven't they? So they're try scorers when they... Uh, wait, that that isn't even... Doesn't matter. You're right. Racing 92 are going through. And then... Yeah. It, but unfortunately, it's not with the big jumbotron ground. No, that's not them, is it? Is that Racing ninety two? That is. That yeah, is, yeah, it is their home stadium. Their old stadium was horrible. Their indoor stadium is now the jumbotron. I love that stadium. Yeah. Uh, right, last game of the week. Last game. Is it? Is it a big one? It is. It is a, a reasonably <coughs> big game. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry to. Sorry. I'm right. Coughing tonight. Here we go. I am gonna pin my colours to the mast. If that's the right saying. Lens to be Saracens. Le- yep. Now this should be... This is first seed versus eighth seed. The unbeaten, imperious Leinster against the team that only just snuck through by the skin of their teeth uh, after losing at home to Claremont, who we've already spoken about yeah. some of their struggles this season. Uh, they were hammered, away. hammered twice by, by Claremont. So one versus eight, Leinster versus Saracens. So this should be a done deal, right? Yeah, it's going to be Leinster all the way. <laughs> it will not be Leinster all the way for numerous reasons. So n- reason number one, uh, I think a lot of lads will be looking at this as a replay of Ireland, ver- Ireland versus England. There's a lot of com- 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 I can't say even say the word now. Commonality. Is that what it is? You can imagine a com- guy. <laughs> com- com- I can't even say the word. If commonality. Fit. Commonality. If, thank you. Assuming he will be fit, and to be fair to Owen Farrell, he was running around on the pitch in the warm-up yesterday. He looked like he had a spring in his step. He, I, I, I absolutely 100% expect Owen Farrell to play. Absolutely. And you can imagine this is the kind of exactly oh, what no. exactly as you described. <laughs> you could imagine Owen Farrell the second the full time whistle went at Twickenham, he was yeah. thinking. So reason two number two, yeah, two weeks, right? Reason number two is the Saracens coaches are better than the England coaches. For start, they actually have people in charge of their attack. Uh, number three, the England players are nowhere near as bad as we think they are. I mean, I say that. They're getting a lot of stick, and they are a good bunch, a real good bunch, bunch, bunch of players. If they weren't, this Saracens team wouldn't have won two European Cups back to back. So, 
I actually don't think Leinster are going to have it all, all their own way. And I think about about 60 minutes in, they're going to feel a little bit a little bit of panic. And Saracens will take take the lead and they will sail through to the semi-finals. Wow. JB going with Saracens. Mm-hmm. I think the Leinster, again, <laughs> with echoes of England in the Six Nations, I look at the... I look at the back row. It, it from what picking up on what Mark McCall has been saying doesn't look like Billy, Billy Vanapola is going to make it, and Nick Izikwe as the flanker and Jackson Ray, Jackson Ray, Nick Izikwe and Scout Berger. Yes, some exceptional players, but that's not a back row to win at at the Aviva Stadium. How and is Callum Clark? Is he is he out still? Yeah, they've got they've had three broken arms, and Callum Clark has been one of them. And Michael Rhodes was another. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, George, if, if George Cruz comes back, who who was in the second row with Marrow at the weekend? Uh, Dominic Day. Dom Day. So that's not going to make any difference. So uh, George Cruz might go in there. So yeah, it'll be an exit. I just look at the Saracens back row and think that's not going to win in the Aviva. The the the, the Irish back row is going to get the better of them. You're with with Levy and um, Conan. Conan and when you put it that way, I find it hard to disagree with you. Actually, we'll have to see what see what teams that they've put out. But I've still got a very good feeling about uh, Sar- uh, about Saracens. Oh no, I, I could totally see them doing it. Like you say, they're, they're two time champions. Yeah, and, and last year they went to Dublin in the Aviva uh, in the semi final and beat an Irish team, albeit it was Munster. Munster, yeah. No, yeah. you're right, but. I think this is going to be a game too far. I think if it was... Yeah, back row is a, a key weakness. I think if it was a fuller-strength Saracens team... And it is only really that back row. Um, um, My, Michael Rhodes and Billy Vanapola in that back row. Makes a difference. Makes a whopping difference. Yeah, enormous difference. The the carrying. Because more, more is going to fall on the likes of Cruz if he's available, Itoji and Mako. And we've seen when those boys have to step up at, on the biggest stage, as they've having been having to do for England, they can do it a little bit. They can't do it to the same extent as someone like Billy can. But as JB has pointed out, Saracens do have, assuming he recovers from a neck injury, uh, Brad Barrett will will bosh all day long in the centre. Exactly, it's very. They've got, they've got that important. solidity. Him and Bosch, yeah. Barrett and Bosch in the centres. No, no one's going to get easy yards through them. No, but Leinster don't need to get easy yards. No. They they've got an amazing pack. Basically, they've got an international pack. Yeah, and they've got Johnny Sexton, and they've got some serious talent out wide as well. Um, yeah, the likes of Ring Rose and Carney's playing so well, and Lama if he comes on, if he plays. Yeah. Uh, wow. I think it's going to be a game too far for Saracens for me. Mm. I think Leinster will win. It'll be close. It'll be an arm wrestle, and then. I think because Saracens are a bit stretched on 60 minutes when Leinster are bringing fresh legs on, I think Saracens will be bringing... If there was one group of guys that, again, with so many England players, there's one group of men who have the mentality to... And actually, the failure of England will add to their performance in Dublin. It will. Massively, it's Saracens. They've got that in their locker. Oh, I can't wait for that one. So good, it's so good. It's the end of the weekend as well. Yeah. Oh... Well, is so it? Because it's just going to mean I'm going to be wishing away my weekend, and you never want to be in that position. <laughs> well, no, there's loads, loads. There's only a handful of games, but they're all brilliant games this weekend. Yeah, 
Oh man, it's so good. The only thing I'm disappointed at is there isn't a Thursday night game. I wish one of the Challenge Cup uh, would be Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, they usually do that. Why have they not done it this yeah, time? Yeah, I don't know. don't know. No. Right, take, bring us home, Tim. Let's go. You know where we are. You know what we have. You know who you want to go and tell. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 